Okay, uh, on today's show, uh, we play a little clip from Beautiful Day by U2. Uh, I talk a lot about how do we encourage the women and the girls in our lives to be angry. Well, and also that anger is helpful to all people, all genders. We actually do talk about gender norms. Um, We talk about peaceful experiences And I specifically discuss peaceful parking for me or peaceful driving and what that looks like. And it doesn't look the same for Todd, but that isn't a problem. I own the ways that I find peace. Yeah. And I find peace very differently. Yes, you do. Hopefully you enjoy the podcast. Here we go. My name is Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. I think I have morning voice. You do. You you probably should do some exercises to the side. Well, unfortunately for the podcasters, they're going to have to listen to me exercise live on the podcast. All right. Um, we typically record on Monday morning, but today we're recording on Sunday morning because we have some travel plans. Um, but... Uh, oh, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And I always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, each myself and my beautiful wife have come up with a topic, and we're going to tackle both of them in maybe 45 minutes. Who's is better? Let's have a Yeah, we're going to find out. I think you might vote for mine. I think I'm going to vote for mine. And neither one of us know what the other topic is. Hmm. Uh, but I was on a walk with, my, uh, with Kathy last night, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you mentioned something like, you know, I kind of want to have more upbeat topics to talk about or something a little bit less heavy because we've over the last few months we've kind of gone to the to some deeper discussions yeah well i think just for clarity since you are quoting me i would like to say what i meant allow myself to to introduce introduce myself. myself and i think what i was saying is it's not about i don't want to talk about difficult things because i always want to talk about difficult things but I feel as if if I if I were an arrow, I feel like because of situations that are beyond my control, I've been pointed more down than usual. So my feelings are who I am when I'm like in meditation and really clear about who I am and feel all those connections that I feel to the world. I'm much more of a arrow pointing up regardless of circumstance. So this isn't about, I'm going to pretend things in the world are now good. I I don't go into denial, but I just want to focus on things that can actually get us through and support us rather than, ugh, because the, I think sometimes your arrow has to point down because that's what grief can feel like. And that's reality. So I have no, like, as I said to you on the walk, I have no, like, oh, I wish we wouldn't have done certain shows. A hundred percent not. Like we have to be with the time. This mm-hmm. is what's happening. Let's talk about it. But I feel a little more space now right? to go back to a more of a sense of what is the word? It's not just, it's not about optimism. It's about like, how can we see things with a more peaceful lens? Well, with that in mind, I'm going to okay. play about 25 seconds of a song just to get us in that mood. Oh, good. I love it. <laughs> Is a bloom. Heart is a bloom. It is. Shoots up through the stony ground. Sure does. There's no room. No space to win in this town. You're out of luck. 
reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere You thought you found a friend To take you out of this place Someone you could lend a hand In return for grace It's a beautiful day I have a question. What's your, what's your question there? My favorite part of that beginning is, is when in the background, you know, like there's a sound, like mm -hmm. after he says a certain word, and I don't, I wonder if it's the Edge's voice or Bono's voice. Mm, I don't know the answer to that. Oh. Um, but I love that song. And it's, it, music is a beautiful thing. It, it can magically help me get out of my head, mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of people would probably agree with what music does to you. Yes, music is, I kind of feel like, okay, so let me dive into the words or things. Words help us reshape our thinking, okay, which is why words are really important to me and I think most people, is that how you see or perceive something then helps you process it and allows you to, like if somebody's like, um, I'll just use something because you're talking about a day. If someone's like, oh, it's raining outside. Oh my God, it's so wet. It's so humid. You're like, oh, if someone says, oh my God, it's mm -hmm. raining outside. It smells so good. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a rainbow over there. It's still rain, yeah. but there's like a different way of perceiving it. So what I think lyricists, like someone like Bono, does he write all his music? I don't know who writes the music. Um, I think Bono writes the lyrics and Edge writes the does a lot of music. the music. Yeah. A lyricist can often write something that allows us to hold it, hmm. something difficult, and they can allow us to hold it or perceive it differently. And then, so is poetry. That's why people love poetry. It's like, oh yeah, I've had that experience, and now I view it this way. Yeah. So yeah, I like I like you too. I I like you too, sweetie. I like you too. Um, and real quick, um, I got a text from my older brother, and uh, he said that his daughter, my niece. Charlotte was asking him for markers and how to spell things. Mm -hmm. And then he woke up the next morning and he took a picture of what she created. And it was like, I think a little, I don't know if it's a, a little poster board or if it's on a regular piece of paper, but it's words of wisdom from my niece, Charlotte. What does it say? It says, stay positive. Don't let people get in your head because it's just a reflection on themselves. Mm. And isn't it the truth? I think if we, I'm gonna give her a round of applause for that. Yeah. How many, forget about kids, how many of us adults can't do that? Mm -hmm. Stay positive. Don't let people get in your head because it's just a reflection on themselves. <clears throat> yeah, there's this visual I get that we all have had, especially in childhood, the ability to, we have really firm, oh, I have such a hard time using words on this because I see a frame, mm -hmm. but I guess you would call it some kind of boundaries where we, we, we have this sense of who we are and we understand we are we are all connected, but other people's opinions have nothing to do with us. Right. But I think over time and experience and pain that it gets worn down. Yeah. Like I visualize like it's wood that gets chipped away. Mm -hmm. So then when other people approach us with their opinion or we show up and everybody's wearing a dress and we're wearing jeans, you know, yeah. I'm trying to use something really benign, but we're like, oh. I didn't do it right, yeah. or that person is more correct. Yeah. And the truth is everything someone else is saying to you is their 
lens. It's their frame of reference. It's yeah. not about you. No, and it, it's, it, go, it speaks to um, my, I'll, say, I'll use an I statement, my need for approval from other people when really um, if I'm going to be as healthy and as conscious as of a person as I can, I know that that approval resides from inside of me. Like I don't need other people to approve me in order for me to approve myself. Well, and let me even say this to you, like <clears throat> other people's approval is often based on wanting them to get their needs met. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people give approval because they want something from you. Yeah. Like they're they're not like truly mm -hmm. approving. There's like, oh, I'm going to say this because I want them to like me because yeah. I want something right. from them. Even that. So we're all playing. We're, we're, we're playing all, a game. We're all in this racket. I know. So anyways, that was not uh, my topic. Though. Okay, let's hear it. My topic is I stumbled across What's Amy Poehler's uh, website? Smart Girls? A, a Mighty Girl? Smart Girls? Or maybe maybe I'm screwing it up. The, a Mighty Girl is different than Smart Girls. This smart is girls from is... A Mighty Girl. Oh, this is A so Mighty Girl. So this is not okay. the Amy Poehler thing. Okay. Correct? Yeah, hers is Smart Girls, A Mighty Girl. I Thank actually you. just was in conversation with A Mighty Girl two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Um, it was this blog that just spoke to me and the name of it, and I'll link to it, How Parents Can Help Their Daughters Express Anger in Healthy Ways and Why It Matters. And it's kind of a cookie cutter blog, but it was also, it just, I don't know, for some reason it hit me. I have, everybody knows that Kathy and I have three daughters. And I just think that it's a super important thing that I want to normalize for my daughters and girls everywhere and okay. women everywhere. I think there's a stigma against women who are angry. Okay. And, um... And the only, the first, guess who the first person who I thought of from a pop culture standpoint, uh, who would be a good model of expressing their anger? Can anybody you can think of? Uh, well, you said pop culture, so I thought Malala, because you always use her. I'm going to remove you from having to figure it out. I'm just going to play the clip, and oh. you may or may not figure it out. Okay. Oh, Who, 11. That's 11. Yeah. And she, oh my God, it's such an empowering thing to witness when 11 from Stranger Things gets mad and changes the world in, a, in the best of ways. Yeah. Or and gets her strength back. Gets her she determination gets her strength back, back. And then she, and then she, she can gets the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So I just, and Kathy has had no ability to prep for this, but can you think of any really good models in TV or movies off the top of your head that invites, encourages, normalizes girls or women getting angry? Well, not, not, and again, every, but everything on TV is fictional or most things are fictional. So it's like, I can think of certain scenes, like I can think in, you know, like Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. where she gets angry about certain things and then she, it gives her the power to do something um, I can think about, um, you know, <laughs> it, it, sometimes it's viewed, let me say this because there's these shows coming to me like Little Fires Everywhere or, you know, Big Little Lies or whatever. And, and oftentimes the anger goes sideways, mm -hmm. meaning it doesn't actually empower. Yeah. It takes you down. Or it takes somebody else it down. It takes somebody else down. Um, so it's not always utilized effectively. It sure. actually is to their detriment. Yeah. So... I think 11, and it's really interesting to, you know, bring her up again because we've done, by the way, everybody, we've done two pop culture episodes, one about Stranger Things Volume 1 
and then one about Stranger Things Volume 2. For those of you who don't know, this season's Stranger Things was divided in half. So there was Volume 1, Volume 2. So we did two different podcasts where our daughters, uh, Cameron and Skyler, joined us and we talked about all these deep things mm. when it comes to Stranger Things. So Todd will have that in the show notes below. But it's part of the reason we really like, you know, the show, right? It's part of the reason that because there are this these like in lots of different female characters who have different ways of expressing themselves and they're all very strong. Yeah. Um, but no, Todd, it's not that common. I mean, let's just be very real about majority of the time in a show up until maybe the last 10 years, it's always men who are you know, engaging their anger and fighting and the woman's like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's been just fairly recently mm-hmm. that we've been able to look to certain female characters. And I'm sure there's people listening who are like, no, what about, you know, it, the end of Green Gables or what about, you know, of course there are characters out there right. um, or Emma or, you know, but they're so few and far between. Right. And so it's just not, you've got to really dig for them. Sadly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, and I just like invite, you know, even with my kids, like I'm, I'm going to own my hypocrisy. Like okay. here I am encouraging my daughters to be angry, mm-hmm. but when they're angry, many times it makes me really uncomfortable. For sure. And I try to make them less angry. So I keep telling myself I'm going to buy a medicine ball and I still haven't done it. But at this workout place that I work at, um, we take this medicine ball and just pound it on the ground. And it's like heavy and it's exhausting to do it. And um, my hope that I end up getting this medicine ball and when they get angry, invite them to go in the basement and work it out a bit. Um, Not to say that they can't express anger in my presence, but I feel like that's like a healthy way of getting some of this energy out without like screaming at me or screaming at their sisters or whatever. So... Um, I guess I'm just saying that this is a really good idea to make sure our, our daughters and the women in our life have space to be angry. And at the same time, it makes me super uncomfortable. Okay. I just, I, everybody who was listening and who was like, Kathy, you're missing all these women. You're not saying I've got so many okay. in front of me. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Okay. Princess Leia. Yes. Uh, Ripley in Alien. Mm-hmm. Scarlett O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Hermione. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dorothy Gale, duh, Kathy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dorothy Gale is from Wizard of Oz. Um, I'm, hold, hold it. So we all have seen Wizard of Oz a million times. I'm trying to picture Dorothy angry. Oh, God, she gets so mad. She, like, slaps. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. She gets angry at the witch. She gets angry the at... Wit, at the at, at Oz. At like, Oz? Yeah. She gets angry. Like, there's... <clears throat> Oz is the person she gets really mad yeah. at. Um, but she's she utilizes her anger for sure. Um, Katniss, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, I already said. Mary Poppins. I haven't seen that. Marge Gunderson. Margie. Marge, son of a Gunderson. Yeah, Margie Olmstead. Yeah. Um, and that's Fargo, everybody. Um, uh, Lisbeth uh, Salander, which is um, girl with the dragon tattoo, I believe. All right. Clarice, Clarice Starling. Mm-hmm. Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Um, Mia Wallace. Yeah. Pop folk. Um, pop. Fiction. I, I, I think Regina the list George. that you're giving me is a list of powerful women. Yes. But what, and I, I think that we could probably comb through all those movies and think of the times, but like just pure rage and 
anger the way that 11, I know, you but know it's what I such mean? A, how many of us are trying to kill a demogorgon? Right. Like it doesn't look that way. True. So what 11 has is a more like personified. Yeah. It's like it, she gets the ability to take all this anger, put her hand out and actually kill something or push something away yeah. or change the universe. Yeah. Our way of doing that is not going to look like that. Yeah. So like when you, it, it even goes back to what you said about getting a medicine ball, Todd, like mm-hmm. you're asking the girls to show anger in a way that you understand. Yeah. And what we have to be do, what we have to do as parents is recognize that anger doesn't always look like what 11 is doing. Right. Anger is not always bashing, you know, something with a bat. Mm-hmm. It's oftentimes it's, you know, I think there's, you know, uh, Soraya Chamali, who wrote Rage um, Becomes Her. She's quoting this article. Is she times. really? Yeah. <clears throat> and we had Soraya on our show. So you should put that under in the show notes, too, if you mm-hmm. wouldn't mind, because sure. she's awesome. And she's one of my, um, one of the authors that I love. And I was so grateful when she came on the show. But she talks about rage is like kind of this, it's an undercurrent that then allows you to make change. Mm-hmm. It's not you acting out or yeah. doing something visual. It's like it... It gives you the, it empowers you yeah. to say, this is wrong. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Anchor is here. If it's, if it's utilized correctly to say a boundary has been crossed. Correct. That's what anger is here for. And I think all these characters that I just read, it may not look the way yeah. you're visualizing, right. but can you, I can think of many scenes with all those women um, where, or, and I think, um, what's the movie that brought me to tears? Black Panther. Mm-hmm. The women in Black Panther, I was like, oh, oh yeah. my God. Like, this is like what I have been. They personify healthy. Strong. Strong. I mean, like, I just felt like I'm getting goosebumps because you just feel, these are the people I want protecting well, and me. We just watched the trailer to the next one. To Wakanda Forever. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Awesome. I know. So that's it. I just wanted to bring the idea. So next time I'm asking myself, next time my kids are angry, am I trying to squash it or am I trying to invite them to express it in a healthy way? And if I'm being honest, most of the time I want to squash it because I get really uncomfortable. But the only thing I can do is kind of keep trying to remind myself to try it differently. So. Um, well, and you know, it's funny, another uh, movie, Todd and I just this weekend saw Nope, uh, Jordan Peele's movie. And there's this great character um, that Kiki Palmer plays. Mm-hmm. And she, at the beginning, you kind of see her as some kind of, you know, kind of a showman, yeah. a showwoman. And, you know, kind of somebody who's like trying to make money or whatever. And anyway, I don't want to say much about it, but no. she's one of those characters where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. this is really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, you watch the empowerment yeah. grow. So. Anyway, it's just really, um, I go to movies for those moments. No doubt. Anyway. So that's my take of the day. What is it that you want to explore? Okay. So on that note that for the last like two or three weeks, I've been reading books. I've been going back to um, some books that uh, I had put down. And um, Morgan Harper Nichols is, a, I want to make sure, I'm I'm almost positive, Um Hold on. Hold on. Should I play the Jeopardy theme music? Yeah, just play it for just a second because I, when I am talking about an author I respect, I want to make sure. This is 10 hours of Jeopardy theme music. I got it. Hold on. I got to do this. (laughs) Okay. This is important. Sweetie, if I paid you $1,000, even though we share our money, uh-huh. would you listen to 10 hours of Jeopardy theme music? With, no. 
Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. I would not. Um, so Morgan Harper Nichols. So she is, She. I found her on Instagram. Um, she has these great quotes that are really meaningful to me. And she has a you know newsletter and all that kind of stuff. And she has an old podcast. I don't think she's done it in a long time, but where she'll like give things to think about. And I am reading um, her book right now. And she talks a lot about... Um, it's a lot about peace. It's actually called peace as a practice and I'm not done. So I'm sure there'll be pieces I pull out over, you know, I'm not complete, but one of the experiences that she offered that I thought was really interesting is how, you know, peace is a practice. Obviously people can say that and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, it's something that we need to, you know, cultivate and everything. But she gave an example of, she was learning to parallel park and she just still doesn't feel like she's great at it. But one of the things she's recognized is sometimes she's doing her parallel parking and she doesn't do it right or well or her car's sticking out. So she then pulls out and sometimes goes around the block to start again. Oh, it's a reset. And why I loved that, and then, you know, the whole thing is that's a practice of peace internally, externally. And here's why, Todd. There's all sorts of pieces to it. Number one, you're still willing to parallel park, Mm -hmm. okay? So you're not giving up. You're not saying, I can't do this. You're not giving into the narrative that, you know, parallel parking's too hard. So there's a piece in that. The other piece is obviously resetting or trying again. The other piece is, and this is the piece where I think you and I debate, she, instead of saying, I'm going to get this, I'm going to pull out and keep trying to pull in and keep trying to pull out, she's considering the other people around her. Mm. Because this is where you debate about, you and I debate about driving. Mm -hmm. And I think this lends itself well to life. Okay. And I don't want to even say that I'm always right about this because there's circumstances where maybe I should be more like, nope, me now. Yeah. You know? But there's just a peacefulness to saying, I'm going to, I can do this. I'm going to give this a try. Oh, didn't work out. I'm going to pull out, go, go around the block so the people who had been behind me can continue to go. And then I'm going to do it again. And I feel like internally that felt when I read that, which to some other people may be like, this doesn't seem like a big deal, felt so in alignment with, I think, how we can carry ourselves yeah. in the world. S- so I got a lot of thoughts on this. Oh, great. Um, first of all, um, in principle, I agree with you. Okay. In your specific example about parallel parking, I just need, need to own my own baggage. Okay. I would never go around the block. I know. And the reason is because that would mean I'm I lost. And you might and, and again, you and I being from Chicago, we might lose the spot. Yeah. I mean, and, let's be real. Well, that's the other part. Yeah. So the first thing is if I go around the block, I I'm competing with myself like every single time. How good of a parallel parking job can I have? Right. If I leave the spot, I'm like, I couldn't do it. Even if I'm planning to come around to do it again. But you're gonna come you can't you you didn't do it that see. So what you're un, what you're unearthing here mm-hmm. is an inner competition that's not peaceful for you. True, I, absolutely. Yeah. And then your second point about you might lose the spot. That's true. But what I was what I was thinking was it's an interesting um, practice yes. for me and many others because um, you know I, I tend to sometimes go back towards intention versus impact, and I judge that I sometimes focus on my intention Mm -hmm. and I could not care less about how I impact the people around me. Mm -hmm. And this is your example. Yes. Is a practice of, it's not just about you, Todd, competing with yourself to do as 
good of a job as you can to put this car in this spot. Instead, yeah. there's there may be somebody behind you who's better at parallel parking and you had your shot and it's now time to understand the impact that you're having with the other. Well, and it's not even the person behind you deserves the spot. The person behind you just needs to get to the light. Yeah. So they just need to keep going and you're blocking that. And so you, so what I will agree with is you had your chance. It didn't work. So go back around and try again, but don't make everyone behind you wait. So let's talk about gender norms here. And I want to be careful because it is a, um, I'm not going to make a definitive statement like this is how men walk through the world. But I do believe that just the way boys and men are raised is there is a sense of that kind of, um, uh, you know, entitlement or a feeling of this is how you do things. Your normalized way of doing things is I'm going to get this done. Everyone should wait for me. Right. And And I feel like in gender norms – um, girls and women are raised to look around yep. and look around doesn't mean they never take a spot or they don't hold people up or that they always do it, it perfectly. What I'm saying is that we are definitely trained to look around. Yeah. And so this is why it can be frustrating when we're in these kind of conversations because I am looking around a lot, possibly to a fault, mm-hmm. like I may yeah, need much. to hone that in. Yeah. And you're not looking around. And I want to be like, why am I holding the line for the universe here? Yeah. Like, why am I the one saying where consider these other people? Yeah. Because otherwise we have totally made this a gender thing where women take care of the world and men take over the world. I have let's a, like, let's blend a little bit. I have bit. a really good example. Okay, let's hear it. So I was listening to uh, the Men Living podcast, If You've Come This Far, hosted by Sean Emerson and Chris Lozier. And yes. they had a guy named on Jordan Shapiro. Okay. And Jordan Shapiro is a Temple University professor, and he wrote a book called How to Be a Father Figure, How to Be a Feminist Dad. Mm-hmm. And one of the stories he told in that uh, in the interview was that he spends at least one class every semester <clears throat> inviting his students to tell him how he impacted them in a... Positive or negative? Yeah, but more negatively. Oh, okay. Help me, help me get better at being aware mm-hmm. of people. And I think I shared this story with you at we dinner. Mm-hmm. And one of the female students raised her hand and said, uh, and maybe she did it afterwards. I don't know if she did it in the classroom, but she said, you commented on my haircut. Now, it was a compliment, like, oh, you got your hair cut, it looks good. But that made her feel uneasy because now all of a sudden 22 students are looking at her mm-hmm. and judging whether or not they like her haircut. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what I liked about Jordan's example was I judge that that's what we as people, but let me focus on men for a second, need to do. We need to pay better attention. I need to pay better attention on how I impact others around me. Correct. And to your point... I have been conditioned mm-hmm. to not do that, mm-hmm. and I'm a white straight male, and I can do whatever I want, and I'm not used to being questioned. And what's funny is one of the guys um, who, a friend of one of the hosts of the podcast, said that they hated the podcast because mm. it's a woke. You know, Jordan Shapiro is too woke for me. Like mm. it's almost like I don't want to have to try this hard to make sure that everybody around me is doing okay. I don't want to listen to a perspective that makes me feel like I have to do some kind of work because who I am is fine and I have been taught that my way is the normative way, yes. right? Yes. And that's the thing is that that is in itself the challenge is it's like it 
to that person, their way is the normative way. And so therefore, they think everyone should join them. And what they have forgotten is they are one kind of human in the world. And there's lots of humans having a different experience than them. The idea that everybody should be having one joined experience. And and it it's so... Um, scary to people Mm -hmm. to be like, you're having an experience that's different than mine and I have to consider yours? No way. And and I I think that that is just that sentence that I just said. Why is that scary? Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm not asking like, because I've got it all covered. I mean, like that's the contemplative. It's because I am used to not being questioned. Right. Don't question me. I'm a good guy. And I'll give you all these list of reasons how I'm a good guy. So for you to question me, that I didn't use the correct pronoun when I when I tried to get your attention. You shouldn't need me you to. You shouldn't need me to. Mm-hmm. And my simple response to the pronoun things, and some of my friends whom I love are like, yeah, I don't get the pronoun thing. And f- my answer is, let's just call people what they want to be called. Or if you don't get it, keep reading about yeah. it then. Keep learning. Keep yeah. asking questions. Keep educating but yourself. We, but I don't want to, and I'll speak for myself, there's times when I don't want to do the work. Right. That's it. And I and I don't want to make a mistake. So I'm just going to avoid it altogether. One thing I really, we were having this conversation the other night, this exact one you and I are having. And what I realized is that what we have as far as human beings is there's a big difference between a, a personal example, one person, and a grouping of people. Mm-hmm. And when we hear about a grouping of people, we get very uncomfortable and we decide, I don't want to have to do any of the things you're asking me. What do I mean? Um, a certain culture, a certain race, the LGBTQ um, community, um, you know, unions, non-unions, like it doesn't matter. It's like a grouping and we'll say, I don't want to pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Then you have an individual experience. You have a child who comes out. You have a transgender child. You have an an uncle who is dealing with a certain kind of health care issue. And so now you're looking at health care. You have um, a, you know, a, a, a family friend who lost their house and they're now homeless. And now you know someone who's homeless. Once you know someone individually, you like think about them and you're like, this isn't fair for this person. Mm-hmm. But when you hear about a group... You have no desire to look at it. Yeah, it's got to be personal. It's, it's got to be personal. And it has to be in proximity to. Right. This is what Brian Stevenson taught us. Uh-huh. Um, it would be much easier for me to empathize with the inner city youth of Chicago if I was around them. Right. But I'm not. I live in what's mostly a white suburb. So right. it's more challenging for me to see the world from their lens. So we need to... I need to, I keep using we statements, I need to do my best to surround myself with people of difference so that I can relate to their experience. And I think sometimes when we say that, because again, we're having a show now where we're not, we're doing the thing that we were just talking about, but it's not, you have to then go do that thing and go to the inner city and demonstrate to everybody because there's like white saviorism in there. True. What I'm talking about is just keep reading, keep mm-hmm. asking questions, keep listening to certain podcasts, educate yourself, and then hopefully yeah. proximity happens in a natural, yeah. organic, maybe friendship way. Mm-hmm. It's not about like inserting yourself right. in a place. Well, yeah, if you're just doing it just for the sake of being viewed as the savior right. and not doing the work around or, or it. Or there's like a gawker to it, like where you're like, I'm going to go view this. It's mm-hmm. like just become more expansive and educated. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a... These are not steps where you have to like change every aspect of your life. It's just be 
open, mm-hmm. you don't like listen to people's stories. And so that that ability to recognize, like going back to, let's go back to peace and parallel parking, all just you understanding that when I decide, okay, let me give another driving one, right. okay, with peace. Another peaceful way of driving for me is I, there's main roads in every community, right? So I'll just talk about my community. Um, and this happens in Chicago all the time too, but just in my town of Elmhurst, there's, I live really close to a street called North Avenue. And there are certain places where if you are going to go either across North Avenue or take a left or right, depending on which side you're on, you have to cross over a pretty busy street. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, there's, uh, there's my, my ideal situation is go to the street that has the stoplight. Yeah. Okay. That's what I usually do. But sometimes I get to a street and there is no stoplight. So I have to choose. Am I going to like wait here and try and like fly through to take a left? And you know what I do sometimes is I take a right mm-hmm. and I go around, you know, and then cross, or I, I take a right and then maybe am able to take a left or cross back around to a stoplight and then get there in a much more peaceful way to me. And yeah. this is what I want to say to you, Todd. I know what you're about to say, but go ahead. You, you don't criticize that, but you're like, this is a waste of time. Why do this? You should just plow right through. And it's the exact same experience for me with, I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. I am not sitting here saying, I can't do it. I don't have the, you know, it's a more peaceful way of driving for me is not having Mm -hmm. that stressful experience. And my experience with it is fine. Mm -hmm. And so anybody who's listening to me, I want to normalize. It's okay that you don't want to fight and compete in traffic. It's okay if you have figured out ways to make your driving experience more smooth and peaceful. And when people try and tell you that that's not the way you do it or that's not how you drive, that's not how they do it. You can do it. So you go ahead. Um, No, I think you're right. And my, um, for me, it's, I, I, this is me. sharing with the audience who I am. <laughs> right. Who I am is if I have to go the wrong direction to, or if I, shortest distance between two points, straight line, right? Mm-hmm. The minute that you go take a right and then a right and then another right to do it, whereas all you got to do is turn left. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's from Michigan knows what, about the Michigan sure. left. Sure. Michigan left drives me nuts because you have to turn right and then left mm-hmm. and then left again and go straight. It's yeah. just a really... It's probably 30 seconds longer. Oh, it's sometimes 45, sweetie. It could be 35 seconds. <laughs> right. Um, I just don't like um, inefficiencies, especially if I have control. And that's just me owning my baggage. Well, and that's the thing is, is it even baggage? Like the truth is, everything I'm saying to you about be open-minded is I would like to offer that to you too. You, efficiency for you is priority. Yeah. That wrote that you just said inefficiency, and I had just written down the word efficiency. There you go. Priority to me is an enjoyable driving experience. Mm-hmm. I am not in competition with people on the road, and I have no desire to prove to everybody how I can get through traffic in a scary way. Yeah. There's nothing about that that makes me feel like a good human. Yeah. You like efficiency, and I do respect that too. Like I am open to the fact that Todd would prefer to do this. I know you're not going to do what I do. <laughs> I think the thing is is for um, people like me, and, and I don't even want to be gender specific because there may be plenty of you know people who don't identify as a woman who are like, yeah, I like to do what you like to do. It's not a problem. 
And that's, it's not like you need to learn how, and you need to do this. Like maybe we've all, if I've been driving for how long since I was 16 and I'm 51 because I had a birthday this yeah, weekend. Um, and I have done it before. I know how to do it. I know how to time it, but I don't love it. Here's the thing. Okay. This is what you do. Okay. Tell me. You choose to take the peaceful route. Right. Which is wonderful. And before I give you my next example of peace and traffic, okay. when I say parallel parking, can you think of any famous scenes with parallel parking in movies or TV? Uh, well, Austin Powers, but that's not Ooh, that the one. that was good. That's a good one. That's not the one I'm thinking. <laughs> okay, which one? Especially the state, boys. I'm concerned. Does it do anything for you? Well, it's Journey. There's a girl who's trying to parallel park. Oh, Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just think that's just fascinating, like such an anxiety-building moment in TV history. We talked about that because there's parallel parking inherently carries a, a, a struggle. for mm -hmm. If you did not grow up in a place where you were forced to, like you, depending on where you lived, and again, I keep talking about Chicago, but when you live in Chicago, you have to know how to parallel park because yeah. that's, that's where you're going to park. If and you ever want to park. If you ever want to park. And you not only have to learn how to parallel park, but between a very small, like your, your space is yeah. like your bumper to bumper. Not a lot. Not a lot. So you have to learn. But if you don't live in a place like that, you have options. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're not forced to. So most people who are like, okay, I got to do this. It's, it has a, Tension. So uh, my other example that I think fits to what we're saying is I was driving Skylar. Um, I went to pick up Skylar on Friday. Uh -huh. And I am lucky enough to live my life where I don't have to deal with traffic very often. And it just so happens I was, there was traffic. in a bunch of traffic. Yep. And I was annoyed and upset. And I was getting mad at all the cars. And I heard this. I don't know where I heard this. But some guys like traffic is such a wonderful mindful practice mm -hmm. because there you are right. getting frustrated at all the cars yeah. when the guy behind me can be getting frustrated with me because I am there. Right. So I'm blaming the very thing that I am contributing to. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for me to, like, to blame everything else out there, but I am as big of a problem as every other person in that traffic jam. Well, in the belief that you feel you should have a place to go, but nobody else should have exactly. a place to go. And then again, all these opportunities, it's not about, now I like traffic. That's mm. all baloney. What it is, is I'm here. This is not my favorite place to be. Um, but how can I see this through a lens of everybody has a right to be here? Because something that you and I both say when we're driving, we'll be like, where's everybody going? Yeah. Why is there, why on 294 right now at 1 p.m. is everybody stuck? Where the hell are all yeah, of you going? Yeah, on a going? random Tuesday. Yeah, and but I'm there, mm -hmm. so do I get to be there, but they don't? Right. Like, there is an, there is a, I'm the only one who belongs here kind of feeling. I am more important. I am more important. Than everybody else. Exactly. Sorry about it there. Um, so, so absolutely. Like, they're one of the, um, it, you know, on a lesser scale, it's the belief that we should have the power to make a light turn green. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, why isn't this light turning green? As if you can do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So you have a moment. Now the problem is, if, if this is really even a problem, is now people start to think, here's a good time to look at my phone. Yeah. And that's not great either no. because then I I don't use my horn very much, but you guys, if there's a green arrow, you know, you're driving. Mm -hmm. So you got you to gotta take it. Yeah. So the, occasionally I'm like, honk, honk, mm -hmm. like you're on your phone. So I love the fact that the person chilled. 
at the red light. Yeah. But then you got to stay aware. Yeah. Don't get on your phone every second that, you know, you have a second. Yeah. And I don't know if being on your phone is the best way to chill in traffic. Great point. Like that's not even a way to chill. And I've totally done that. Like I'm not moving so I can be on my phone right now because it's hard for me to, but I might upset the guy behind me because I don't know that the arrows turn green. Take the arrow. We only have, Todd, we only have like 20 seconds for that arrow. The worst is when um, you're turning left and the car in front of me doesn't get all the way out there. Oh, so why do like, they do that? Kind of like halfway between where you're supposed to be stopped for a red light and right. entering the intersection. That does it drives me nuts because I at least three people should be turning left at the end of the green light. So you know what I'm gonna have to say though? What? Is that person may have kind of a peaceful driving thing in themselves. They're now, probably just chill, but it's they're not looking at the impact they're having on the people. The other people. Them. And so there's the like the little bit of a difference between I'm gonna take a right and go around and then, mm-hmm. you know, go the way on North Avenue or I'm going to parallel park and go around the block, is it that holds two pieces. That yeah. holds I am going to do this so I can be peaceful and I'm also considering other people. Right. Where that pulling out in the middle, that's helpful to everybody driving. Right. It's very confusing why people don't. But some people don't trust it. And, you know, like, you know, in David Foster Wallace's This Is Water thing, he talks about sometimes you have to consider the drivers that you're next to that are driving you crazy. They could have been in a car accident the yeah. week before and they're really just trying to get through this driving experience without losing their minds. Their nervous so system their nervous is system. built differently yeah. than ours. So we have to have to think about those things as well and and just relax yeah. um, and just be... So I think, you know, ending note here sure. is that um, for me, it is not about preaching things to other people that I think other people should do. Mm-hmm. I'm just sharing that there's certain things that fit with me that I think I have had an experience of feeling judged or embarrassed that I do them. And I would like to be more like, yeah, you don't have to do it. But if this makes me feel good in all the way, and I'm not doing it just for you. Like I'm not driving around going, I care more about other drivers than myself. It's just the way I would like to do this. This Mm -hmm. makes me feel in alignment. Um, that is not a problem. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of sharing that and everybody can take this example and use it in their lives, the way they do things, the way they get up in the morning. If it makes you feel good, you don't have to look around and say, but how is everybody else doing it? Boom. Um, so in closing, I want to, um, invite anybody that's from Chicago. I think, I know I will be and Kathy, Kathy, you might join us. Okay. September 17th, we're going to walk on the lakefront for NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zen Parenting Radio and Men Living is hosting a team. That's homecoming for our girls too. Uh, yes, yeah, so hopefully it's early enough in the mm-hmm. day to do yeah. that. Okay. Um, so if anybody's interested in either donating to NAMI, which is an association that we feel very strongly and aligned with, mm-hmm. or walk with Todd or maybe Todd and Kathy and some other incredible people, uh, just click on the link in the show notes. We would love to have you. And then don't forget about Team Zen. It's an opportunity for you to get on live with Kathy and I in an amazing community. Um, there's also a Facebook uh, uh, part of it. And the minute you join, you get access to all of our Zen Talks. And I Great think we're discussions. at like 150. Yeah, the last one we had was... Uh, pretty impactful. Yeah. Pretty I mean, deep. just really great questions. And it's just a great, like, you know, some people just come on and listen. They don't even have questions, but then they leave feeling like, okay, I don't feel so alone. I, well, I got... most questions we all can, yeah, we relate, can all relate to, to and yeah. use 
for ourselves. So it's only 25 bucks a month if you're interested. Check, uh, uh, click on the show notes below. And then lastly, uh, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He's sponsored our podcast since the very first one. 11 years. 11 years. Jeremy. Uh, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. No job is too big or too small for Jeremy. 630-956-1800, avidco.net. Um, and with that, I think that's about it. Have a good week, everybody. Pop culturing, Taylor Swift, and Stranger Things. Yeah. Check it out. Keep trucking, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.